Oh, welcome to Ruckus Society. I am your host, Rillos. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about who I am. And this is episode three, season one of Ruckus Society. Guys, if you're paying attention here and watch the, f- the first two episodes, you'll know why I'm talking about who I am tonight. Uh, our first episode was talking about being the change you want to see in the world. And this is why I've created this uh this podcast here, um, and then I asked you guys to ask yourselves who you are, as well as talking to myself in a sense of saying, who am I? And now we are left here today to listen to Rillo's once more talk about his life. Um, only this episode is going to be literally just about me, not things really other people have done or anything like that, just sort of the life I've lived, you know, kind of get some things off my chest and... Uh, let you guys kind of get to know who I am as a person, uh, my views, uh, what I appreciate, what I don't appreciate, uh, etc. So let's let's move forward on that. Um, my name is Anthony. I'm 22 years old. I go by the alias of Rillos. Um, there's a cool story behind that. Maybe you guys will hear that down in the future. I'm going to get some other people on the show. But... Uh, You got my mom, my dad, my older brother, two older brothers, actually. And I have an older sister and a younger sister. I am child number four out of five. Uh, And I was supposed to be the runt, (laughs) the very last child. Um, But birth control didn't work very good for my mom and... We have my younger sister who, congratulations, is 18 now, and yeah, we love love having her around. God, that's that's crazy. I can't believe she's 18. It's been that long. <laughs> I just had to psych that one in for, me, for a minute. Um, guys, keep in mind, I've had a really rough fucking week, so if this podcast doesn't go anywhere, I'd hope or intended it on going, and I'm, I'm kind of sorry. Uh, I'm going to do the best I can here, though, okay? So bear with me. <laughs> uh, that's my family. That's that's my family life. Those are the people I grew up with. My older brother, Christopher, he moved out when I was maybe 9 years old, 10 years old. I moved about an hour away, and I hadn't seen him for years. I remember, I remember I'd cry myself to sleep at night because I missed my brother so much. You know, he's like the only person I really had to, I don't know, just hang around at at home. (laughs) The only person that kind of like got me, you know, other than like my mom. Like, and to have that gone, just like stripped from me, it was like, I don't know, I was young. I didn't really understand why I was feeling that way or whatever, but I definitely grew a lot of emotions upon that. And, uh, yeah. And then you got my older sister, Melissa. Uh, she is quite the artist, <laughs> love her to death, um, learned a lot of my reckless life from my sister, I'm not going to go too much into detail on that because I'm not trying to call anybody out here <laughs> except for myself, but uh, learned a lot of things from my sister, uh, relationships, learned a lot from my sister, uh, love, learned a lot from my sister, um, it's, you know, the simple things, uh, that you learn from your siblings and the bad things as well. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> oh, give me just a moment. Oh, guys, I'm so antsy right now and uh, so goddamn nervous to be doing this podcast right now. I feel like I'm going to expose too much of my life tonight. <laughs> Hopefully I have some haters by the end of the night, that's for sure. Um. <laughs> yeah, don't say shit like that, right? Oh, uh, Anyway, <clears throat> moving forward. You got my older brother, Matthew. Um, wow, he used to pull me around in a wagon when we were kids. Man, I miss that. I'm not a kid anymore, but I, I definitely act like one sometimes. That's for damn sure. Uh-huh. Uh my mom, most beautiful person in my life uh, to this day. I don't think anybody compares to to her in any way, shape, or form. 
I don't think I've ever told my mom I hated her. I have always understood that even though we were living a pretty hectic life as children, uh, I knew, you know, someday I would grow and become something greater than those uh, mishaps that I was experiencing. And uh, I think it just really kept me on my toes and kept my head on my shoulders uh, in to look at things from a different light with love, you know. My mom has got to be the most loving person in my life. I love you, Mom, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I hope you are. Uh, maybe you learned a little something about me you didn't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you're chuckling too right now. Uh, damn, Mom, you've done a lot for me. You've done a lot for me. And I, I don't I don't think I can ever look at my mother in a way that I look at other people when they do bad things. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I've grown from that aspect of uh, family and acquaintances. You know, they're two very different categories in life. And then you got my little sister, Caroline. My, my sister, Melissa, used to... She used to beg for another sibling because it was just all boys and my sister, Melissa. <laughs> she fucking hated her life. Not literally, but she hated being around us. Not like hated, hated, but like, you know, we definitely got on our nerves. You know, you had a bunch of rowdy boys like to fight all the time. And a sister who couldn't take it. She prayed for her sister and she finally got one. <laughs> and, then, uh, and, then she, and then they couldn't get along. I, I don't know if it was us boys or if it was... <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd play dolls with my sisters, guys. I uh, I'd dress up in dresses to get some laughs out of my sisters, so they, in hopes they'd get along. I uh, yes, I've been down the makeup route too, and the nail polish, and many other things. Girly music. Uh, you know, I used to wonder how my sister always knew the lyrics to songs, and I, I remember stumbling upon a a notebook of hers when I was younger and she wrote all the lyrics to the songs down and she'd sing it over and over again. <laughs> it really sparked something in me. I'm like, oh, like, this is why, this is how people know songs, you know? I'm a kid, though, so I, I, at this point, you know, it's like, how do you remember things, you know? I, actually, I, it, that, that brings something up, actually. You know, anybody else remember that moment in your life when you were a kid and you're like, you'd try to think about something, but you couldn't? Like, Like, not a single image would cross your mind, like, I don't know. I felt like saying that. It was a very interesting thing when I was younger to not be able to think anything. It was definitely a peaceful, <laughs> definitely peaceful now looking back. You know, keep in mind, uh, you got somebody here, myself, who struggles with depression and anxiety and uh, a lot of other things. I'll go into detail on those here in a little bit. Or, oh, fuck it, let's, since we're on it. Um, some of the things that I deal with in my life are uh, PTSD, uh, depression, anxiety, uh, dissociative identity disorder, uh, and to my knowledge, I believe that those are the only things that I suffer from as a mental illness, but I don't let those things hold me back or become excuses for my life when talking to other people or engaging in conversations or whatever the case may be, any kind of encounter or interaction in any way, shape, or form. I'm not a Debbie Downer. I don't, <laughs> I'm not like, fuck you, dude. You know, I don't know. I'm just not like a, I'm not like a really mean person. I don't let those things define me. I let them refine me, you know, because now I can look back on those illnesses and be like well I, how am I going to succeed from this knowledge now of this illness in which I'm currently undergoing possibly for the rest of my life but who knows no guys I'm not crazy these things don't make you crazy either you know um, I think it's all about how you how you look at it really on how you can handle it. Most people just let themselves go. I don't like to be that guy. Definitely not the type of person to let myself go when it comes to those. Uh, although I do have my downfalls. I have weeks where I don't want to get out of bed and I don't want to do anything and I just want to sleep because my dreams seem more...
peaceful than my reality some days. Um, I'm 22 years old, still creating my life, guys. I've, I'm done trying to find myself because I realize that you're never truly going to find yourself because you're constantly becoming something new. And who, who am I to ask myself, you know, <laughs> am I lost? No, I'm not lost. Sometimes I'm just too far away from myself and I need to come catch up. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so my past, well, since we're still a little bit in that route, my past has been uh, very hectic. Uh, I think uh, you remember you guys hearing me uh, about an episode or two ago. I have had 49 roommates in my life. I'm at currently living with roommate number 49. The best roommate I think I've ever had is somebody who can give me my own personal free space, and you know they don't they don't care if I'm slacking this week or not, and they don't treat me like shit for no reason, guys. I've forty nine people, and not only it was just forty nine different places I lived. There was you know other people that lived in those houses as well. So you know, got to understand the emotions I've had to undertake throughout the years, guy. I went to school in North Judson, Indiana, uh, moved out around 13, moved to Plymouth, Indiana, started high school. <laughs> Goddamn, high school was really weird. Uh, starting in our new school, man, I, I didn't know what to do. I was I was like, whoa, like, how does, how does this happen? <laughs> uh, you know, how do I go about doing all this? You know, I've been in a whole school for damn near your whole life, ever since, what, kindergarten, preschool? Mom, correct me on that if you're listening. <laughs> Can't remember if I went to pre-K or not. Uh, anyway, I finished out freshman year in Plymouth, Indiana, and then we moved to Kokomo, Indiana, and I started my sophomore year in Kokomo. And they transferred my transcripts wrong, so... They wanted me to start high school all over again. And uh, you guys might find this funny or tragic or however you may look at things. I'm not too sure. But uh, my brother and I, we both had to start high school over, like, from scratch. Mind you, he's, like, a, supposed to be, he's a junior at this time, you know, and I'm a sophomore. So to have three years, I can only imagine how my brother felt as opposed to me with just finishing freshman year and starting sophomore but we uh, we would ride the trolley. There was there was four trolleys that ran around Kokomo to you know free free stops for people you know pick them up at this stop and drop them off here or whatever you know take this one to that one uh, if you know how trolleys work. Uh, anyway, uh, we would ride the trolley every day uh, from where our bus you would pick us up at in the morning, and we'd ride the trolley to the trolley station. And then we would hop on another trolley, and we'd ride that one around town, and then we'd come back to the station, and then we'd go hop on another trolley, and we'd just do that all day until it was time to get out of school, and then we'd go back home and have our book bags and act like, act like you know, act like we'd been at school all the time, all that whole time. And we hushed our little sister up about it, don't tell mom, don't tell mom. Uh, yeah, Matthew, if you're listening to this, I hope that brings back some memories for you. Uh, so high school, I didn't really get to finish high school. Like I would have loved to. I, my mom told me high school was the best four years of your life as uh, a youngin, you know, and I, I really looked forward to it. But, you know, some trials and tribulations I had to face, uh, you know, parents split up and, you know, sometimes you got to move here or there and, try to pick up the pieces, you know, and I, I was just trying to stay optimistic about it. And uh, I ended up actually getting myself into a lot of trouble in Kokomo. I I stole some golf carts from a golf course with uh, with another person and uh, I ended up getting in trouble for it. Oh, <laughs> he sold them on Craigslist. For, and we, well, actually, we traded them, traded them on Craigslist for other motorized vehicles. And the dude had a warrant and I didn't know about it and yada 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 long story short he ended up getting caught up and uh i ended up going down right with him because he ended up snitching on me uh to get his charges lessened which i don't even think that happened for him so like <laughs> what was the use right 
Uh, so I, 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 uh, I guess what I'm trying to say here is I got in so much goddamn trouble in Kokomo that I ended up going to boys' school, guys. I was about 15 years old, and uh, I spent a really long time in there, and uh, I didn't want to come home. I, I knew that when I got home, things were going to be the same as they were before I went in, and and I just didn't want to deal with that. It was better to have that stability in my life of waking up at a certain time every morning and going to the chow hall and, you know, working out, doing PT and going to school, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, I got myself in a lot of trouble in boys' school as well, but mostly because I didn't want to go home. And I knew the more I get in trouble in there, the longer they'd extend my sentence. And, uh, it's kind of sad at the same time to say that, but I, I've come to terms with it. And I was just in a, a moment in my life where I, I didn't know what I wanted, you know, where I wanted to be, what I wanted to do, and to sit somewhere and just have that, that good stability in my life and give me the opportunity to think about what I'm going to do with my future was, I don't know, to me it was more important than going home and enjoying the things that I would normally enjoy or want to enjoy. I mean, I talked about being on the outs, as did everybody in boys' school, but I learned a lot of really fucking valuable lessons when I was in there. And uh, one of them that was really stuck in my mind is actually the first thing I heard when they took me to intake was, don't start no shit and there won't be no shit. Damn, I'll let that one sink in, ain't it? I've been living like that my whole life. I don't start shit with nobody. Yeah, they always start shit with me, <laughs> but uh, oh, boy, school was pretty crazy. I watched a kid's eyeball get sporked out of his face. Um, fucking, I've been maced. They yell, "Hit it! You better hit the ground and put your hands and or lock them over your head, or you're getting OC sprayed straight to the face like everybody else who's still standing up or fighting or whatever the reason why they yell, hit it, you know." Uh, and I, uh, I've been down that route. Uh, I've been clotheslined by the guards. Man, it's it's not it's not a pleasant place. I, I, but I did I did you know those those are the negatives though. Those are just the negatives, and I didn't look at the negatives. I, I was always I'm always that. Look at the positive. Look at the positive. Look at the positive. You know, and actually sometimes I, I forget I even have pain some days because I'm constantly looking at the positive so much, and uh. Actually, crazy, really crazy, crazy, crazy time. I don't want to go too much into detail about my boys' school experience because she was really fucking crazy, but it was very fulfilling as well. The journey I had to take there was, it was almost like I, I don't know, walked across the country. <laughs> uh, um, I got out of boys' school, and I was sent to a small facility in Kokomo, Indiana, called the Kinsey Youth Center, and I had to spend, I think it was another month after getting out of boys' school, I had literally shackles and chains getting transported from boys' school to this other facility, and uh, what they called it was my re-entrance into the community. I guess I was that much of a bad kid that they had to make sure that I slowly came into the community and I wasn't fucking shit up anymore. I know a lot of you dads or moms out there are probably like, God damn, dude, you're the type of kid I fucking I can't wait for go to go to jail or something, but... You know, I just want to let you know that deep down inside, there's there's kids like me and those who I went to boys' school with who, a lot of the shit they do is a calling for help, man. It's a, it's a calling for fucking help, dude. People are going through things these days, and it's like nobody really gives a fuck. You know, I got me personally. I got I got a warm heart for such a cold fucking world, and I still choose to be here though. But I will tell you one thing: I don't. I don't choose to be that kid that fucking, you know, doesn't do anything about what's going on in life. I'm, God damn, I'm not even that much worried about my own life. I'm more worried about everybody else because I'm trying to change the fucking world out here. And it is hard. Helping people is the biggest responsibility I've ever faced, let me tell you. Um, so I, I did that re-entrance into the community and slowly got to go home on the weekends after two weeks and... I felt great to hold my mom again. <laughs> and uh, after I got out, I ended up moving in with my mom. And yeah, I think I was only there for like a month or two. I had a job. I bought my first car. I was I felt so accomplished with life. I'm like, yeah, like this is great. 
you know like moving forward like oh, this is this is great like i just got out of boys school look at me look at me go <laughs> i'm doing good things you know i'm making myself proud making my mom proud you know and i didn't i didn't do it for the looks or anything i did it because i, I knew i needed to i was getting up to that age where i'm almost fucking 18 years old like you got to start creating something for your life right I think it was about that time in my life I actually started to get a little scared um, to turn 18 and to become an adult because I didn't know how to be an adult. I was never really taught how how to be that person, you know? I mean, I was taught how to be a great person, but not to be a successful person. Um, I guess you find life on the way, ain't it? <laughs> anyway, I moved out. I was 17 years old. And I moved out of my mom's. And I went and moved in with a woman, and my whole life started to kind of go downhill from there. I ended up getting kicked out of my house, a place I was calling home at the time. And mind you, that was the first roommate I had. Um, so I'm 17 years old at this time with roommate number one. I'm 22 now with roommate number 49. It's not a really big, long gap in time to say hey like uh, fucking 49 roommates later uh shit still baffles me but i uh, stuck my head up i'm still walking guys i'm not that shit can't hurt me you can't you can't break me down ain't no ain't nothing in this world break me more than a woman uh but anyway i when i got kicked out of there me and my buddy we had nowhere to go i had my car for a little bit and then it went it got fucking what did I do? I blew up fucking head casket, man. It was so rough. I was like, wow. Like, And then that feeling of not having a car, but knowing that you kind of need a car to get some shit done and having to rely on other people was really rough. And, you know, that's that's sort of where I started to go downhill because I'm like, damn, dude, like I'm not 18 yet. Like I'm almost an adult. And look at me. I'm like, I'm like, should I stay at mom's? Like, or, or should I just keep going? And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep going, man. I'm going to keep going. And one of these days, I'm going to be happy that I fulfilled this journey that I'm, I'm walking on, still currently walking on, guys. I'm not, I'm not anywhere near as successful as I would love to be, but I know, I know somewhere in this little heart of mine <laughs> that is so very warm and keeps getting hit with icicles from this cold-ass world, I know somewhere deep down inside of there I, I will be where I want to be someday. Um, so... Uh, 17, got kicked out, car's all fucked up now, I nowhere to live, fucking sleeping out of my car, everybody goes and moves in with his aunt, you know, no, I'm not trailing into every fucking roommate, by the way, I'm not telling the story of all 49 roommates, because that is, you guys want to listen for a few hours, you go ahead and hop on my Facebook page and tell me you want to hear that story, um, oh, but, uh, I just kept moving forward, guys. I, I got my first factory job. It was doing really good. 2016 came around. I was 18 years old. I was able to buy my own cigarettes at this time. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm 18. Like, but still, like, got that fear of being 18, you know, being an adult and doing all these adult things and, you know, fearing for my survival at best. Um, and, uh, I ended up getting the opportunity to move into a studio, uh, Hex Effects 13 studio out in Mishawaka, Indiana, near South Bend. And I I became the greatest asset that this man has ever met. I was a photographer and I would edit videos and photos and set up photo shoots with models. I'd have to prepare special effects makeup or do makeup on women or men, whatever the case was. Um, I spent a lot of my time out in a garage and editing shit, just getting creative with life, you know. My life became a little colorful in that really dark time that I was living in in that moment. And uh, I had a lot of fun. And then things kind of went a little sour because I took a route that I wasn't allowed to take. Or I can't say I wasn't allowed. I, I wasn't told to take this route. I'm not going to go too much detail to that. But I was, I didn't ask for permission to take this route. And I ended up taking it anyway, thinking that it was going to help benefit the studio in some way. And I ended up getting lashed on for it because it wasn't what somebody else had 
their intentions set for, which weren't very sincere, mind you. So you can imagine that what I was doing was the positive of that negative. <laughs> um, I had a good time. I had a great time working in the studio. I'm, I still love doing photography work. I love photography. I absolutely love pictures. I love seeing other people's artwork. I love creating my own artwork. That's just who I am. I'm quite the creative individual. I sometimes, as does many other people that I know, I t sometimes you get that creative block and you're like, damn, dude, like, <laughs> I'm just a blank page today. <laughs> uh, so, uh, a couple, let's, we'll, we'll fast forward a little bit here. I, uh, you know, boys' school, obviously, not obviously, but apparently boys' school wasn't enough for me because around the age of 19, I ended up going to jail uh, on possession charge for marijuana. I I had marijuana. I was selling weed to, um, you know, fucking live. Why else does people sell weed? I don't know. I wasn't looking to get rich or anything. I was just trying to support myself. Uh, in the best way that I had known how, based on ways that I've learned through people around me growing up and whatnot, and it became an easier route, knowing I didn't have a vehicle and stuff, it, you know, it helped out a little bit. Am I proud of it? Absolutely not. But did I have to do what I had to do to survive? Absolutely. And for someone to judge me for that, I, I ask you to just hop off the podcast now, because I'm not looking for judgments here. I don't, I don't want anybody who hops on my podcast to be judged by anybody. Uh, you understand people's lives for what they are because you're not walking in those shoes and you're not walking in my shoes either so if you're here to listen then you're listening just don't judge me <laughs> I had to make that mental note for me and you um, so I went to jail 19 years old possession charge and uh, man it was crazy being in jail it was like it was weird. It was a little different from boys' school. I will say boys' school was a lot more rough than fucking jail, that's for sure. You got a bunch of grown men fucking... Yeah, I ain't even gonna talk about that. But yeah, fuck that. <laughs> uh, but, uh... I got out of jail. I ended up moving in with my sister, my older sister, Melissa. We stayed there for a while. Me and my brother. My brother got caught up with me. He was living in the same spot as me. Um, funny enough, we went to jail for weed and <laughs> we lived on Green Street. <laughs> uh, quite a coincidence, ain't it? <laughs> uh, I moved out, moved in with my sister, and got jobs, helped her pay rent. Uh, things kind of went a little sour after that. and I ended up moving out back to my hometown in North Judson with a friend of mine and his mom, who really... Uh, she took care of us a lot when we were kids, my brother and I, and most of the other kids in the town. Very good person. Very beautiful soul, I, I might say, uh, to hone that responsibility of other children in your house for years, making us waffles in the morning and seeing who can eat the most and, you know, whatever the case was, taking us out for Halloween or hosting Halloween at her house and God, it was some crazy times. I ended up moving in with my buddy, my best friend, and uh, I had a good time. And that was probably one of the first roommates I lived with that I was comfortable with and wasn't, like, down in the dirt about, you know, like, like damn, am I going to get kicked out or some stupid shit, whatever. But there came a point where I realized that I needed to move on. It was time to move on. Like, I needed to get out of Mama Jan's house and go live somewhere and start establishing a connection for my own life and stability and to be responsible, you know, more than I had been before. You know, keep in mind, guys, stability is still something that I'm balancing in my life. And, uh, you know, being responsible isn't easy. It isn't easy when you're not really taught how to be responsible. Um, so I'm still, still, still <laughs> focusing on those things. Uh, but things, things have definitely died down over the years. I'm not as reckless as I used to be. But I moved out of there, and, and I started to try to establish something, a better connection for myself. I ended up moving out to Gary, Indiana. Um, I always got these big plans. Like, guys, I dream a lot. I dream on, man. I dream on quite a bit. But, you know, 
can't imagine they'll all come true, correct? Uh, I give my hopes up sometimes, and, and when I moved into this place, I, I definitely gave my hopes up when I got kicked out over some stupid shit. Uh, moving forward, uh, I, uh, I moved in with another person. Uh, you can kind of correlate those with how many roommates I've had. If there's more roommates even after this guy, but uh, that's that's the first time I, in my life, I'm at this person's house, and I'm I like finally for the first time in my life I started to create some stability for myself. I bought my own bed, my very first bed. I bought my own cover, my very first cover. You know, pillows. I I had my own guitar. I had a record player. I, first issue comic book posters you know I, I was like ah this is so cool like be able to buy myself things and know that I have somewhere to put them and I'm not gonna get kicked out over some stupid shit and only be able to take one bag with me and this that and the other and you know uh so mind you I, I'm creating this stability in my life you know being a responsible young man and whatnot I'm about I'm about 19 20 at this time We're getting a little close to where I'm at now today guys uh and uh, I ended up, I ended up getting kicked out of there because I couldn't watch his kid. Um, and I remember, I remember feeling like all that stability, all that time that I put in towards myself at that house, I felt like it was all for nothing. Because now I ended up having to start all over again. And I remember just before I left that house, I had, I had a bag I packed up with a few clothes. Um, and I left everything there. I, I remember standing in the doorway with my backpack on and, uh, just scanned the room from left to right. And then I took a deep breath and I just kind of soaked it in and was like, you did this. And, uh, and then I just remember closing the door slowly and almost wanting to cry but at the same time knowing I had to be strong enough so that I can I can move forward you know I, I can't let that little thing get get me down get the best of me you know and uh, I moved forward from that I moved I moved in with a buddy of mine out in North Judson <laughs> another friend and he had a vehicle and he helped me get back and forth to work and uh, things got a little easier but I was living somewhere that was not exactly my forte it wasn't exactly where I wanted to be it was it was a very how do I say this without being uh, rude um, it just wasn't it was just wasn't a house to live in you know it wasn't somewhere you should be living it's just not not even just me it was just like any any of you guys who are listening it's just it just wasn't exactly a place you would want to live, you know. It was very uh, disturbing. Um, but the plus side to all of this in this moment of my life of 20 years old, I uh, I shared an experience with my brother, um, and he uh, he did his best to perform psychotherapy. Um, and it wasn't even, I don't even know, I honestly don't really know what his intentions were that night because he was really more or less expressing himself. But I fell in love with the pain that he was sharing with me and his past and whatnot. And I just remember, <laughs> I just remember hearing a click in my head. Um, and then I just remember getting up off the chair and just like, like I paused. I didn't mean to interrupt him, but I did at the same time because I like, I just, I was like, dude, something is happening. Like, and I felt like it was something happening around me, but it wasn't. It wasn't happening around me. It was happening to me, guys. This is the moment in my life where I have become awakened. Um, Twenty years old, sharing this experience with my brother, and my third eye opened. Um, I opened my center my heart chakra and if you guys don't understand any of these things just stick around I, I plan to teach these things as the podcasts move forward so you guys can understand uh how absolutely blissful this experience right here was for me in my life and uh i'm getting the chills right now this is it was such a very beautiful experience it's it still is and i, I pray that everybody experiences 
this love and light within themselves someday becomes a transcendent trans i can't say it <clears throat> excuse me sorry Whew. can we cut that out <laughs> um opening your third eye mm, i don't even know where to start with this experience how, how do i put it into words i i can't i can't put this experience into words i can only tell you how i felt I felt in love every day with myself. I was so, so in love with myself. And I was not only so love in love with myself, but I was <laughs> I was in love with everything around me. Like even even people's pain and to this day I still look at I still look at things the same way. I still have that I still share that same collective perspective on that love. I still have that love, but I will tell you that experience only lasted five months for me. Um, but I learned so much. I found the beauty in the pain. I I slept for like four to five hours a night. And when I woke up, I felt so rejuvenated. I felt like I can do anything. I, The moment I heard that click in my head was the moment my ego died. It was the moment that my depression was killed. My anxiety was killed. You know, and I, I buried all these mental illnesses face down and I didn't look at them anymore because I didn't feel them. I, I didn't, I was like, it was like how most people take drugs to be numb. Only I was, I had become such a high vibration that I was numb to those things. Or maybe it was the fact that those things were just numb to me. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. Uh, hopefully somebody can share with me someday. Uh, exactly what I had gone through and how it happened and why it only lasted five months. <laughs> um, I also was very intuitive uh, the moment that that click happened. I, I remember waking up the next day and I just, I like instantly wanted to go, I instantly went to my computer, Google, I searched so many things for months on end. I finally figured out what happened to me and Twin Flame and you know, love and light and the transcendental experience and the opening, the third eye awakening and just being an awakened spirit. And I experienced my spirit within me. Uh, many people in my life actually during those five months, actually still today, they experience uh, what I, I call it my spirit. I just, I just say spirits talking right now, like, cause like, it's almost like it's not me. Like it's like spirits here. It's in me right now today. Maybe not in this moment, but like in those experiences with other people, that's how I felt. It was like, it's like, hey, spirits here, they're listening, and they're here to tell you some things that only the divine can share with you. Um, like I, I became in that moment, I became the change I wanted to see, and I don't know how it happened. Still to this day, I don't know how it happened for me. How do you just? listen to somebody and have a, I don't know how do you oh boy so I I, I I like I had all the power of the world around me that yes this podcast just shifted in a new direction because this is the biggest experience I've shared in my life and this is the one that means the most and this is the one that creates what you guys are listening to here today ruckus society this is if it weren't for that experience, I wouldn't have created a ruckus society. I'm saying that because I know, I know I would have still been feeling that down young man wanting to just succeed in life, but I created this podcast for you guys uh, and for the world. I want to change the world, guys. It was in that moment of my awakening that I realized how fucked up the world was, and for me to continue to do things for myself, it... it it just didn't feel like it was for me. I, I still, to this day, I don't, I don't really like to do things for me. I like to do things for other people because if I die tomorrow, I know that I helped as much people as I possibly could while I was still here. And to me, that is the most fulfilling feeling I, I could honestly ever have to take with me to my my grave <laughs> you know bury me face down right um <laughs> but i had like all the knowledge in the world imagine having 
everything that has ever been learned or taught by society. Imagine that I had that information. I had contained that information within my mind. And I was able to tell you anything that you wanted to know about life itself, or maybe even you, because I was analyzing people like no other. Like, I'm a, I'm a people person, but I've always analyzed people very well. And it wasn't until I had my third eye awakening that I was reading this, this new language of life, and it was, it was other people's emotions, how they walk, talk, move, you know, just the way your eyes move. I swear the eyes really are the windows of the soul. And, and to see the way people's eyes move, was that right there is just enough to tell me how somebody's feeling. It's like a whole new language, literally like an unspoken language that uh, was sort of granted to me in my life. And I wanted nothing more during this experience. I wanted absolutely nothing more than to teach what I was learning to people as I was learning it. Because I, I felt so alone. I really did. I felt so alone during that experience because I was the only person I knew that was experiencing it. And uh, I stayed optimistic. I stayed very, very much, very much in love with myself during the experience as well. And I remember sharing it with my family and they were all like, what the fuck? Like, what are you experiencing right now? Like, how are you experiencing this right now? Like, I could just like tell the emotions coming off of them like, you lucky bitch. <laughs> um, but I wanted nothing more to share what I was learning with people as I was learning it. And I'm still learning it. Your spiritual journey. My spiritual journey happened two years ago, guys. I was 20 years old. And uh, <laughs> the most beautiful experience in the world. Um, and I shared a lot with a lot of people. I I dug so deep into my own mind on things that Dude, I didn't even know what I could fucking do. Like, I was doing things I didn't even know I could do. Like, the best way, I, I'll tell you, the best way to put my experience into a summarization of a few words is to say that <laughs> I became everything around me. I was the world. All within this, this little protein skin of mine. I was like, I was my own personal God. And, uh, it was during that experience. I realized that I, I, I hone, I share and I am a God. And, uh, the God in me kept trying to recognize the God in everybody else, but they couldn't see it themselves. <sighs> Moving forward. Um, I ended up going to jail, and that was the moment that I lost it. That was the moment that I lost all of what I had been feeling for those five months. I went to jail, and it was during the experience that I, I realized a lot of things about life and emotions and love and, and light and, and so many different things, and I realized that fear, fear, fear is the number one thing that will take any experience and strip it from your life. Fear. And uh, the moment I went to jail, I was scared. I was scared that... I was scared I wasn't going to have a place to go when I got out. You know? I, I was scared that... I was going to be in there forever. I thought I was scared I was going to go to prison. I, just, I was scared of so many different things. And that fear became the best of me. Because now, at this point, I was... I, you know, I had freed myself from my own hell, my own prison. I freed myself from my own prison during the moment that I heard that click in my head. That was what started it, and fear is what took it from me. Fear took the most beautiful experience of my life, and it took it right from me. And didn't say it was taking it from me. It didn't say, hey, don't feel this. You're going to lose it. You're going to slip off into this abyss, and this oblivion is going to take you a hold. But... I didn't know that. It didn't tell me. Fear didn't tell me that I was going to lose my experience because I had made a wrong decision that day. And it it almost costed me more than just my freedom. You know, it did cost me an experience that was beautiful, but I'm not dwelling on it. Although I do beat myself up some days for 
<sighs> doing it <laughs> to myself. But here I am. I'm 22 years old. I'm still sharing with the world my experience. I would love to write a book someday. I, uh, I've opened up myself to many things uh, since that experience. I fell in love with somebody. This is crazy. For the first time in my life, I was so in love with myself that I wasn't looking for somebody to love me so that that I could feel loved. I don't know. How does it go? You know, most people will... What am I trying to say here? Most people will... Most people who don't love themselves try to find someone to love them in hopes that they'll love themselves. But that's never a good mix. And for the first time in my life, I was in love with myself. And I never looked at it from the opposite end of the stick, meaning the opposing person. Like, hey, do you love yourself too? Like, I didn't ask that question. I just... I wanted that person to love themselves. And for the first time in my life, I fell in love at 20 years old. And I just recently lost that love. Um, I mean, it was a sacrifice I was willing to take to <sighs> let go of my fears and to move forward in my life and to create, you know, a future that I was ready to live. Um, without being held back by fears that were not my own. Um, and that's a crazy thing. Guys, love is powerful. Let me tell you something. Uh, there's a guy, check out, his name is Greg Braden. G-R-E-G-G Braden. B-R-A-D-E-N. And, uh, yeah, you can. This is just a reference from something that I had read upon um, of his, and uh, this is this is how powerful the heart is. This is right here. This right here. This one emotion, and you experience it every time you fall in love with something. Um, the heart itself. Okay, well, we, we tr backtrack real quick. Okay, your body emits electromagnetic frequencies. Your body. Your body emits electromagnetic frequencies, okay? You thought you were just a walking, talking stick that eats shits and sleeps, but no. You emit electric and magnetic energy. Now, the heart itself emits 5,000 times more electric and magnetic energy than the brain does. And that right there... That is hard to believe because you think that the brain is the processor of most things because that's where all your thoughts come from, right? Every action you take, everything that takes you from inertia to action, it all starts within the mind, right? Well, your heart has a mind of its own as well. And uh, I, I just felt like sharing that with you guys. <laughs> um, wow, 48 minutes into this recording. Wow, I can't believe I've been sitting out here for 48 minutes. This is crazy. Who would have known my life was that long? It's even longer, I promise. <laughs> uh, what I'm trying to say here is that this experience I had, guys, is the reason why I'm here today for you guys. Because I saw, I saw behind the curtain, I saw beyond the masks that everybody wears. And I'm not talking about the goddamn COVID, everybody having to wear face masks. I'm talking about the mask that you wear i see past it i see it through your eyes through your emotions and how you feel every day just based on the things that you say the way the conversation goes sideways i, I see everything um and that's because i'm open to a new light and a new perspective uh that i would not have had the opportunity to obtain unless I had that experience with my brother. And uh, Ruckus Society is here to help establish that connection of the self um, with everybody who listens. I want people to find their true potential within because the God in me recognizes the God in you. Um, and uh, I couldn't, I felt... <laughs> this sounds so sweet, but it's so true. 
I, I couldn't bear experiencing what I experienced and knowing what I know. I couldn't just let that experience just be my own. Like, yeah, you know, your journey is your journey and it doesn't matter if somebody else understands it. Uh, but for me to have walking onto a new path um, of enlightenment itself and to not have people around me who have experienced that same thing, I, I, I just I felt like... This is the sweet part. I, I felt like I wasn't allowed to have that experience and not... It was like I I didn't have the right to have that experience all to myself. So that's why I've been trying to share it with everybody throughout the last couple of years. Um, because it became a burden on my soul. Um, and uh, I just... <laughs> I love you guys. I love you guys. I'm getting to... I'm getting way too nervous right now. I am going to end this podcast and hope that everybody who listens to this podcast gets a better understanding of who I am, uh, some of the things that I've dealt with, and how I didn't let those things define me. I pushed forward, I moved forward, and I sacrificed a lot. And if I hadn't done that, I promise you I wouldn't have had that experience. I was able to let go of baggage and move forward without taking anything with me. Um, my life is not perfect. Your life is not perfect. Nobody's life is perfect. But together, as a collective, I believe that everybody's life could be perfect. Um, and that starts with change and asking yourself who you are. And if you've listened to the last 51 minutes, then now you know who I am. Guys, Rillo's here. Welcome to Ruckus Society. I love you all. I hope to shine light on you guys. I hope you prosper from these podcasts. I hope you become something great. Be the change you want to see. Be, be the change you want to see in the world, guys. And it's got to be a positive change. I love you all. I'm out of here. Ruckus Society here bringing you podcast number three. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>